Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. I love to interview people who can see patterns and speak with depth. It has always been my aim that Basecamp for Men would be a trusted source of resources and wisdom. So it is not an accident that I gravitate towards guests that express a certain soul, for it is in this quality of earthiness or soul that our ancient teachings can reach us. When each of us humbly does our work, we prepare ourselves for divine messages and inspiration, for we are the vessel for what is emerging. I sometimes can barely contain my excitement for what is starting to crest in we the people. Will we win or will fascism prevail? As we continue to anchor our thoughts, emotions, and intentions in the higher planes or dimensions, we all help to bring forth the new age we all seek. America will certainly lead, as she always does. It seems we are just now discovering that there is another dream that is looking for us. Can you sense it? Are you participating? Our collective hero's journey is about to turn another page. So let's take a deep breath and continue to move into our story with courage. My guest today is Roy Holman. Roy is a meditation and yoga teacher, a lover of nature, and the creator and host of the podcast, The Soulful Warrior. Here is my interview with Roy Holman. All right, I am here with Roy Holman, yoga and meditation teacher, new warrior, new podcaster, Roy Holman. Roy, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Tony. Good morning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you and I met the other day, and we just found we were sitting next to each other at this event. We just found that we had a ton in common. Uh, I think I think you said a ho to something somebody said, and I kind of looked yeah. sideways at you, like I think he's maybe done the new warrior training. So, you know, we're 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 talking all about this episode. We're kind of dipping into all kinds of waters that we like to talk about. We're talking about some men's work. We're talking about uh, you know wokeness and leaving the left and. And uh, and kind of what's going on in the world right now, and how how can we keep um, how can we keep feeling good and keeping our vibration raised? So that's kind of the themes of the show. And I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you, you know, we we, we did a bunch of early shows because I was a Mankind Project uh, Warrior uh, grad, and so those first you know ten or fifteen episodes, I was really dipping into those waters, and then I got to doing other things. And every once in a while, I come back, but you're a, you're a Mankind Project New Warrior um, initiate. And I just wanted to ask you, uh, you know, when did you go through it and what did you get out of it? And was it dramatic or was it subtle? Was there, was there, a, was there a distinct kind of before you did the training, Roy, and then after? Did you notice some big difference? Did your girlfriend or wife notice a big difference? Um, and just get your thoughts on, on the MKP training. And I'll, I'll weigh in after I, I hear you know, how it was for you. So how, how was that for you and when did you do it? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned uh, how we met the other day. It's, it's kind of interesting. You can sometimes just get a, a sense, oh, this person has done some work with the men too. Is There is something different and distinct in there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I uh, I did the warrior training back in 2010. Oh, wow. And so that's been, what, 11 years now. Yep. And um, it's kind of both subtle and uh, dramatic, I guess. There is a there is a sense of this is a new me that I, I took something back that was missing mm-hmm. and and dropped off a little shame. Uh, sure. There's just something 
so profound and powerful, as you know, about being with men now, not, not just a one-time weekend thing. Of course, it, it's not a one-time fix. That just kind of kicks it off. But something yeah. happens that weekend. Part of it, I think, is just stretching the comfort zone in a healthy way when, you know, there's a bunch of, I don't know about you, when I do something that's going to be intense and helpful and powerful, I'll just feel this buildup of energy. And, mm. and if we're not careful, that can stop us from doing it. And sometimes that's something we probably should not do if it's something too maybe re-traumatizing. But in this case, it was just something I knew something was going to happen that was big. I would be facing something, feeling something, and being with other men, which many of us are programmed maybe not to do. Absolutely. And it was, yeah. uh, I still find there's something very powerful about being around men. But I've also had to leave men's groups that were uh, not looking sufficiently or safely at the shadow in a healthy way. And yep. uh, I was in a position a couple of times where I was getting re-injured. Mm -hmm. So it's an ongoing moving target. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think you, you touched on something there that, you know, for better or for worse, like when you come out of that training, I mean, I was a leader uh, in those I groups and men's groups right from the get-go. I had a natural affinity, but it wasn't like I was super well-trained. I mean, they kind of give you the keys to the car and say, go try not to run into anything, right? And it's like, yeah. so, you know, it, 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 it teaches you how to kind of get in there uh, and do inner work with a group of men, but there's ways it can kind of go sideways just because it's not particularly well supervised, I want to say, you know, like you start off with a facilitator, but then it's just kind of like men are, uh, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of, uh, you know, doing it yourselves in terms of the processes and you learn it. Um, but what you also said about offloading shame, I think that's one of the great gifts of that training. And I, I'm not going to get into the details of what that looks like, but I just think men, you know, we're not cultured to do a lot of inner work. It's not considered, you know, essential to manhood necessarily. And men can carry a shitload of shame about all kinds of things, right? And you don't ever get a chance to really process that appropriately with mature men in a way that is going to be healing. Um, and I think that that aspect of that work is, I mean, you come out of that training feeling a lot lighter than when you came in, you know, I, I almost across the board, every man I know that went in there and came out was like, whoa, you know, and, and particularly for that reason, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I'll just, I'll just add that, uh, all I've done so many inner, so much inner work in so many different ways. So it's all valuable. This is just one very, uh, essential piece though, being with men, I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't get also, um, we don't get a chance, I guess you could make the case that, you know, there's, there's many initiations, you know, initiations are really important. They've always been important for men. Uh, and, you know, we, we have these kind of initiations, maybe becoming a father, getting married, you know, maybe moving across the country, these kinds of things. But we don't often get to participate in a conscious initiation like the mankind projects training uh when you're you know i did the training when i was 37 there's you know other than fatherhood i mean what's there's not really an initiation i'm going to be able to get take part in and so for me it fulfilled this kind of maybe longing that i didn't even know i had to be brought into the community of men because when i left that weekend i was very clear that i was one of the men and and maybe yeah. i carried a shadow of a doubt that i don't really know if i am one of these guys yet you know what i'm saying 
I totally agree. And I, I think on a more general level, our culture maybe doesn't do as well as many cultures and certainly mm -hmm. some ancient cultures as far as, you know, healthy ritual and healthy initiation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I I did a episode of a couple weeks, where was it? I don't know, it was like maybe four or five episodes ago about leaving the left. And um, I just wanted to touch base with you about this. You know, I was a lifelong liberal for 30 years. I mean, I was educated in the left. Uh, I lived in New York City, Seattle. I've always gravitated towards blue cities and, and proud. You know, my, my liberalism meant I was tolerant of a lot of different lifestyles, uh, diverse, you know, all these different things. But something started to happen in the left, I think, in the last, I don't know, for me, it, the shift happened kind of in 2016 with the histrionics when Trump was elected that didn't die down after he took office. And I just started to go, wait a minute, what is going on? And at the same time, there was a lot of this wokeness, uh, you know, this radical left agenda was starting to descend on the left. And I was starting to feel increasingly uncomfortable and feeling like it was conform or you're not one of us. And I just didn't feel right. I had to step out, find a neutral spot. And, you know, I have never gotten back over there in a sense. Um, and I wanted to give you a chance to talk about, you know, your, your journey. Uh, I know you started it in a similar spot. I don't know if you were a lifelong liberal or you were liberal for a while, but I'll let you speak of your trajectory in that and, and what it's meant for you. Yeah, sounds like we were very, very similar. <laughs> I'd say about 30, 35 years ago, I, I, you know, I was not very political. My family wasn't political. And I just kind of, kind of fell by default into the left. And then I went to UC Santa Cruz, you know, a very oh, yeah. leftist university, sociology, psychology, women's studies. I was, uh, I got pretty deep. I considered myself very far left. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like the natural choice, the party of JFK, the party of the people and the poor, and let's yeah. level the playing field. And I haven't changed a lot of those views, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, and, and I feel as we talk about this, just a little tension because there's so much polarity and I, I you know, I don't consider myself right or left or mm -hmm. maybe libertarian. I don't know, but I, I don't want to box myself or anybody up. Uh, and I do believe there's so many, the, the intentions of the left are, they're good, but what I started to see is that the left went a little nuts, and, and, and here I am, kind of sounding judgmental right off the bat. But but it's it's like I think the the dark side, if you will, or the deep state, they'll use anybody. They'll use yeah. left or right, and they are using and compromising and bribing everyone. But maybe it's partially because Trump was in the Republican Party that mm -hmm. they had to get firm control of the left and man, they've, they've done it, but it's not just that. I mean, I think this, this battle plan goes way back. I mean, some of this critical theory and stuff that's, that's been in the works for decades, not just yeah. the last three or four years since Trump took office. So this is, this is a strategy. And I think all this ties in, like you, I think you said, kind of the wokeness, the, the divide and conquer, the cancel culture, the critical theory. I think, I think even BLM and Antifa fall loosely under the more mm -hmm. leftist umbrella. So, and I also think even, uh, you know, being a yogi, a lot of the, what I've seen, a lot of the spiritual community and yogis are probably 
I would argue, lean more left. And I've noticed that they've taken on some major programming about, you know, stay positive. We're all one. Mm. I'm right there too. But I mean, it's true. We're all one. But you, uh, you know, what I've noticed, and I've <laughs> some of the some of the I won't mention specific churches that I'm a minister as well that used to invite me to speak. Man, when I mentioned about evil and things that's going on, they just kind of closed up. It's like, no, we're going to stay positive. But mm. you know, like you know, Jesus, Paramahansa, Yogananda, a lot of these spiritual people, they they talked about you know, take note. Yeah, we're all one, but take note that there are evil influences in this world. And if you're not aware of that, it can really suck you in those delusive forces. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I, I think there's, to touch on that, there is this inability for some to um, address the shadow. Because really, when you're talking about the deep state, it is a dark, it is a shadow. It's something that we prefer not to look at. Uh, and some don't even think that this sort of thing exists, which to me is astounding with the amount of evidence that is constantly being put out for people to read, uh, listen to. It, it's for some people to still say, oh, that is a conspiracy theory or that's not true that there's these darker, you know, uh, manipulative evil forces that are at, at play against, uh, you could say, the light. Uh, and it's, to me, it's, I don't know what to quite what to make of it sometimes because I'm like, huh, it's almost like there's a split uh, that the re that the 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 narratives are being split. Um, I can I hear some people talking about, you know, uh, yeah, almost like an Armageddon thing where it's like the dystopian thing. I'm like, okay, we don't want to go down that that path necessarily. Like, how do you keep uplifted, but also not be ignorant or in denial? of some of the things that are happening. I think you and I are, talked about how, you know, it's a very real fight for our rights and freedoms right now, right? And and some people are acting like, no, that's not what's really going on. But I'm like, wait a minute, you're wearing a mask every day now. That wasn't happening two years ago. So how can you say, no, fascism isn't at our doorstep when you still haven't taken the mask off? And uh, yeah, it's it's it's... It's not to judge people because people are at their different spots of their of their awakening, but I'm definitely seeing one group, uh, you know, part of the tribe that's like got their finger on the pulse a little bit, and then another side that's like, and and the left is coming around, I think too, because I'm hearing I'm having people reaching out to me saying something's not quite making sense here, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah. and so I'm starting to wait. Some people. Some people that I was like, okay, wait, I need to take a little break from this particular um, narrative. I'm seeing some people land over and start to say, huh, some, there's a bunch of stuff going on that's got me scratching my head. And that's the start, right? Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's a messy thing. It is a moving mm -hmm. target. And like you said, mm -hmm. It makes it easier for me to get out of judgment when I realize, well, wait a minute, I, I was a far leftist and I totally. was asleep. It was about, well, three years ago, very intelligent people I started to hear. And, you know, it gives me that terrible feeling of, of cognitive dissonance and my mm -hmm. ego gets bruised that, wow, 
I'm not seeing part of this. Or, or you know, first I rebelled and thought these people are a little crazy, like like many of us. So it's it's easy for easier for me not to get into judgment when I think, wait a minute, we're all like you said, we're all at different levels of consciousness, various levels of awakening, and there is a progression going on. I think whether you're left or right or whatever, where we're being awakened, and we can't do much until I think a, we hit a certain threshold because. I think not to get too much into the whole the plan and stuff, but I think there are the dark forces that want us at each other's throats and yeah. that they want a civil war. And I think there are forces that are trying to keep that from happening. And what's going to help is when a certain amount, like you said, people are starting to see this. And when we hit, I think we're very close to that threshold where mm-hmm. we can get some big truth bombs here pretty soon and, and enough people will be, uh, will be not in too much shock or too traumatized by it so we can move forward. Yeah, you 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 know, you mentioned the divide and conquer. I mean, that is the strategy of of the other side, let's say. Um and so how how do we keep how do we keep from participating in a how do we keep from dividing ourselves? How do we keep from this feeling of separation so that I recognize there isn't, you know, a dumb side over there that's not seeing it or a crazy side. If you're on the other side, a crazy side that's got all these conspiracy theories. How do you keep, you know, how do you keep, how do we get our arms around everybody so that wherever you're at, it's completely okay. You don't need to be agreeing with everything that everyone's saying. You don't have to agree on the vaccine or the mask. You don't have to agree on the great reset or, you know, none of that stuff, but you're not excluded in this. Like I, I keep wanting to figure out a way, like how do we create narratives where everybody's participating at their own level? Everybody's got a stake in this collective awakening and this collective hero's journey. How do we, how do we go about that? Yeah, boy, this is tricky <laughs> stuff. And I mean, this is where it's at. This, yeah. this is the thing. This is that the time-tested tactic that these people have used. They know that yeah. they are so outnumbered. They got to divide and conquer. They know they're just like the, 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 if you want to call it the sociopathic element is, you know, probably I'm thinking only 1% of the population is very small. They've they're very clever and they manage to get control, but they have to have each other, uh, have us at each other's throats yeah. because otherwise we look behind that curtain at the little Wizard of Oz man and we go, well, that little puny guy has been running the show here. So it's uh, personally, I think it's a blend of compassion and truth. And and again, this is where the, the yogis and we, we're, we're, we're mm-hmm. right when we say we are all one, but we also have to uh, and, and that's where the compassion comes in. It's like, okay, wait a minute. We've all gotten different information. So I have to s- understand that we all awaken and get truth at our own pace. But we got to speak truth though, too. I think this is where we have to get past the kumbaya. We have to realize, yeah. you know, with compassion, we can start uh, speaking our truth because, you know, the compassion also comes in because we're all programmed. Every single one of us is programmed. It's not like your program and I'm not. So as we mentioned with the men's group, but whatever, whatever way we can start to deprogram ourselves so we can, mm. you know, put, be putting out some information that's reliable. Now, if we were able to turn off mainstream media, everything would shift immediately because, you know, we talk about masks, we talk about vaccines, yeah. you know, when people know the truth about the agenda behind the masks and the vaccines and what masks and vaccines 
actually do on the physiological level and on mm. the energy level. Uh, you know, and they, 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 the mass themselves further the division, the lockdown, the, the yeah. social distance, the anti-social distancing, right? Yeah. These are all part of the plan to keep us separate and fighting each other. So I think of when we know we're all programmed, and again, like you said, we all awaken at different times. I was at Costco last week and I walked up without a mask and the two like guards, like bouncers at the front, you know, yeah. front door, they both stopped me and and the woman said, this, you know, put your mask. And I said, and I whispered very kindly, I said, you know, they don't work, right? And she said, we just have to wear them. And I said, well, no, we really don't. So I, so I pulled my mask up, but this woman that was shopping, she was walking past me with her basket and she looked over, I'll never forget her look, was she heard, overheard a little of the conversation. She had a look of fear and anger. And she mm-hmm. looked at me and she said, put on your freaking mask. And I, and I, and she used the full F word yeah. and I, I fortunately took a breath and didn't, you know, I felt like yelling back at her, but I sure. didn't, uh, I just kind of held my, but her face and I saw that this is just another version of me that, um, has a different take and maybe has access to different information, but I felt compassion, but a little anger at her too. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the sociopathic element. I, I think, um, I think that, understanding that i've read that in a in a number of books by really good thinkers who've incorporated that into this kind of model of what the deep state is you know because i think one of the things that people innocently think is that you know the people that are running things at the very top of the power the deep state power brokers are just like us and it's clear that they're not, right? It's like, it's, they've been studied. I mean, Henry Kissinger does not think the way you and I think. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, and that understanding what a sociopath is, um, what their behaviors are and such. And, and I remember reading an article that somebody said that if you took all of the sociopaths that are at the very, very top of the power structure, the guy's the men primarily, but some women that run things, uh, you would be able to fit them all into Yankee Stadium. And I think Yankee Mm. Stadium had about 65,000 people capacity at the time. And I was like, that's all? That's who's, you know, you, you can tend to think they're so powerful and they run so many different, like every institution, the media, the banking, uh, you know, you name it, the pharmaceuticals, they run, they sit at the top but there's not very many of them. It's interlocking and they have this really weird system, but it's, um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot, our awakening, I think, is is what is the, the interesting part of the story. It's not whether or not, you know, we unseat them. I think there's a lot of evidence right now that there's, like you said earlier, there's truth bombs that are, that are coming. In fact, are, have already hit. Uh, but I think there's a lot more coming and it's going to be very interesting to see, um, how it all plays out. I'm, I'm very curious and had to be very patient because I really thought certain things were happening sooner this year. Uh, but there seems to be kind of a buildup right now. I don't know if you're sensing that or, or not, but, um, I'm just kind of, you know, don't get too zero down on a date of something happening. Um, you know, my brother sent me recently uh, uh, some of uh, John McAfee's um, stuff that he had a uh-huh. dead man, a dead man switch, and oh my god, that stuff 
you can't really look at it very much because it's so grotesque. It's all the it's all the pedo stuff from the leads. Yeah. And I mean, if that doesn't wake up a lot of people when they start taking that in with famous faces with little children, you know, it's just like I think I think that's gonna be super shocking to people. Yes. Um because yes. I'm shocked. I'm not easily shocked. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't look at this. This is so hideous, you know? And I think people are going to start to go, why is everybody talking about this? And they're going to look and go, "Uh uh-oh, what are these people doing exactly? And I think, I think that's coming to light. And I think that will completely blow the minds of people. And I think it'll unite a lot of the tribe because that has that that's children that has nothing to do with political party, you know? Yeah. You got it, Tony. Right on. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it people, it's got to happen at a certain pace. Otherwise people will just blow out. And I, I just have to mention real briefly to the paradox too, because this is what I, and many of us are battling with, like you said, you know, these, these people are not like you and I, but where does that line of evil uh, differentiate? And this is mm. Alexander Solzhenitsyn talked about the, that line of evil goes through the heart of every human being. We've all mm. done things. And a lot of these sociopaths, I don't believe we're always born that way. They have very clever, um, very systematic ways of breaking people down and getting them out of their emotions and out of their empathy, you know, from childhood, the whole satanic yep. ritual abuse. So yep. there, there is a, we have to be very uh, careful on this because it's all one in the deepest level. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I I didn't really realize that until I was did a deeper dive that a lot of these people that you see that might go, oh, you know, he he's a sociopath, uh, that they were groomed young, that they didn't really have a choice, that they were children and they were being, you know, MK Ultra sort of, you know what I mean? Like they were yep. being traumatized and um, with their personalities split off. I mean, I think there's a whole science around it that. I, you know, it almost seems like that can't actually be going on, can it? But yeah. when, you start, when you start to hear the eyewitness reports of of children that have survived it, and you're like, "Whoa, this is really happening!" Um, yeah, it it definitely opens up more compassion because you don't know the full story, right? I think yeah. that's yeah. I think I think that's the takeaway is before you judge everybody, uh, you know, you, you don't know what their path has been like because some of these guys and. And they've really walked a dark path and not always by their choosing, right? Yeah. And at the same time, stop them because this has got to stop. Yeah, 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 totally. So um, switching it over to, you did a podcast recently on, are you having fun doing the pod, by the way? Yeah, I like this. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, you did a podcast of your own recently where you talked about raising your energy vibration. And um, I love this. Um, and particularly... The topics that you and I were just talking about, those are pretty dark, heavy topics. It, I notice you can get caught into like, oh my God, this is so evil and I'm, I'm down in the stuff to see what's going on. But you have to, in my opinion, you have to keep, you, you have to keep noticing what kind of vibration you're carrying. How do you cultivate a higher vibration? Um, I think it, it, it used to be kind of... Uh, just a new agey way of describing what's going on, you know, raise the vibration. How's your, you know, this and that, but it's sort of taken off. And I think it's a way to shorthand what our work is. And I guess I wanted to ask you what, you know, why is it important? Um, and what does it entail? If you're talking about keeping your vibration higher, raising your vibration, what, what does that mean? And how do we go about it? 
Yeah, wow, that's a great question, Tony. I love that question because it, we're we're really it's an energy war, or and you know, mm. partially an info war. Or some would say a spiritual war, a biblical battle, even good and evil going on. But but there's an influx. What I my understanding, you know, there's the age of Aquarius coming in, which is true. But there's also yeah. a very uh, rare alignment uh, and not to go into all the details but it's a very rare alignment with an influx uh, inflow if you will, if you will of very high vibration high frequency whatever woo woo term you want to use sure. energy coming into this whole not this just this planet but this whole galaxy i've heard this from so many different ancient sources and all so um this energy is a, this is a rare you know the ancient peoples often talked about this window of opportunity we're in right this moment that we would have a chance to awaken and move out of the old dense patterns of, you know, war and competition and power over. And the the darker forces know very well exactly what's going on. And they're, I think they're hurrying their plan up really, really, because uh, they didn't expect Trump to get in there, who I believe mm-hmm. is actually a light warrior is going to shock some people when they hear that. Yeah. But regardless of Trump, there there's a there's an energy war and our job is to hold the energy up and, and not in a woo-woo way, like, mm-hmm. oh, I just got to think positive thoughts. It's, it's, it's being real. It's being authentic. It's standing in our power. It's speaking truth. It's laughing. It's getting in nature. It's connecting in community. And again, all these things are doing the mm-hmm. anti-social distancing, the lockdowns and masking. All these things are about bringing the energy down. And like we said, separating us, dividing us, and, you know, not just that. I mean, on the physiological level, the chemtrails, the fluoride, all, all the things that people say, oh, you're a conspiracy theory. That too, keeping us fighting each other, calling each other conspiracy theorists instead yeah. of saying, wow, they've done their homework and they've actually seen things about big pharma and the vaccines and all that stuff. So our, our job, I think, is to, uh, you know, whatever way is authentic to us to keep our energy up in a real way. That's great. That's beautifully said, Roy. You know, you know, I just had a thought <clears throat> about uh, uh, what you were saying that uh, in the law of one, have you ever read much of the law of one at all? A little bit. Yeah, it's very powerful, I think. It, it is. And one of the things that it's mentioned in, in a couple of the books there is they talk about uh, the Luciferians and, you know, Ra is the one that is is sort of dictating the book. And he says that, you know, these this is a universal cosmic sort of principle that you have service to others, which is really what humanity is all about. But then you have service to self and you could say those are the sociopaths. And he says, you know, ultimately everybody arrives at the same spot. The service to self or the Luciferians, they're used as a catalyst to help awaken. He says that, and he said that on earth, humanity wasn't evolving towards the divine very fast. He said Yahweh was running kind of a benign dictatorship and there wasn't a lot of movement. And mm-hmm. this is like the Eden, the Garden of Eden. And he said that, when, uh, you know, this is getting really woo-woo, but he says that it was decided galactically that what Earth needed was a catalyst and it was, and that would come in the form of a group soul or a service to self group that would cause a lot of mayhem and would start to spur and awaken some of the deeper um, energies within humanity. And I'm like, huh, so all of a sudden now they're not exactly the enemies. They're the enemies right now as we transcend and integrate and 
learn to take responsibility and learn to integrate the shadow. But ultimately, they're not our enemies. They're 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 all one and the same, but they're playing a role of you know a badass kind of Darth Vader group, right? <laughs> so yeah, and I and I and I, that always made me feel like because I, I never felt that great separating anything out and saying, those are the bad guys. It always made me feel like, isn't that just more of a victim mentality? You know, like they're doing something to us and we don't have any power. I mean, um, so anyways, I just wanted to add that. That's uh, that's a little out of left field, but I have mentioned law of one in a couple episodes. So, yeah. Oh yeah, I just got to mention. I went to a a play once. That it was a JFK thing, and they had the evil assassin. And after the play, we all went backstage and had some wine and laughed. Yeah. Oh, you, so I think that's what happens on Earth. You know, we we we, we after we die, maybe we pass over. We're, oh, you were playing Dick Cheney, and you were playing yeah. the good guy. How interesting! But yeah, I think you hit it right on the nose there. I think in the I think evolution is spurred by chaos. And all yeah. this dark side has a has a has a purpose, and I think we come here to experience the whole range of duality. I'm just picturing myself like in the afterlife, hugging Henry Kissinger. But <laughs> sorry, I bad mouthed you. I just you know, <laughs> when you were bombing women and children in Cambodia it was really upsetting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, David Ike, you know. He yeah. he's, he apparently wrote one of his biggest books and he said he would not finish it until he could add a chapter that said, I love you, Henry Kissinger, Dr. Oh Kissinger. And so he did. He finally got to the point. He wrote a chapter that said, I love uh, you, Dr. Kissinger, so he could finish the book. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. You know, with with all the strange things that are going on, are you optimistic right now? Are you are you feeling uplifted? Where Where are you at with everything? 90%. I'd say I still, I look at what's going on, this psyop, this craziness, and I sometimes think, oh man, we're toast. But no, in my heart, and actually pragmatically too, I can see that this cabal, this dark side, they're kind of a cornered, dangerous, still dangerous animal, mm-hmm. but they've. I think they've already lost. And I think right now we're in the midst of the great awakening people are starting to see it and doctors are speaking out digital warriors like yourself people that are putting out cool podcasts and information the protest all over the world it's yeah it's getting hysterical this one group they were spraying on some of the uh people that are defending the the kingdom they were spraying uh poop out from these tractors and it's just all (laughs) it's getting kind of wild so uh, yeah I'm, I'm optimistic i think we're like you said it's never soon enough uh, but i think it's all perfectly timed where enough people w- will be awake so it's not too traumatizing and i think very shortly we're going to get some very good uh, truth bombs and some real good stuff coming up yeah and i agree with you that um uh, some people are going to be quite surprised at donald trump's role in all this i think he's been ordained as a as a having a special role in what's coming uh and uh yeah i saw on the protest i've been just delighting in the protest and i saw that new york was starting to raise hell and i'm like oh here we go now the new yorkers are starting to wake up you know <laughs> I, it brought a smile to my face i lived there for 10 years and i was like you know kind of like come on new york i know you got it in you so that was all good <laughs> <laughs> so, Roy, is there any creative projects you'd like our listeners to know about? You got programs or retreats coming up. And then also, where can we find your Soulful Warrior podcast? Yeah, I think you can just punch in Soulful Warrior podcast. I think it's dot buzzsprout or something, but mm-hmm. probably Soulful Warrior podcast. Or you can just look at my website to get a hold of me. It's uh, www.holman, my last name, H-O-L-M-A-N, healthconnections.com. Or you can just email me, holmanhealth at gmail.com. 
Great. Yeah, we have. A, I do a bunch of retreats. My partner Gal and I we uh, lead groups all over the world. We're going to Sedona uh, in October next, but we lead uh, kind of yoga, meditation, hiking, uh, awakening retreats. Oh man, that sounds great to hike, meditate, and do yoga in this in Sedona. Man, I'm gonna, I gotta talk to my wife about going to that <laughs> one. Yeah, so I like my job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Roy, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men and sharing your insight and your wisdom. It's so great to chat with you and connect. Uh, I feel like I made a new friend and uh, it's just just great. I felt like we could sit around the campfire and talk for another two hours, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Tony. You're doing good work. Thanks for being with you. Thank you, brother. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Roy Holman. To find his yoga and meditation classes and retreats or listen to his podcast, The Soulful Warrior, go to www.holmanhealthconnections.com. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.